Hey, Rashi. Yeah? Did you have a good time at Comic-Con? No. Why? What'd you do? Because I hated there. Well, I didn't see you much after we took the train down. You just sort of ran off and, and split. Took the train back home. Oh, you and Super Rica split. I guess that's why I didn't see you. That's there. right, man. Oh. We had a big fat party. Oh, here. Let's we're... just say thank God you have homeowner's insurance. Hi, it's Paul Dini. This is Misty Lee, and I'm Rashi Dini. Yeah, hi, Rashi. Yeah. Rashi, so uh, I, I noticed that half the barn was burned away. Yeah, well, do you know what? Mistakes were made. Uh, does that have anything to do with the party you threw while we were gone at Comic-Con? What? No. Okay. No, that party was perfect. Oh, okay. That was a good time. Hey, I hope you're careful out at night. There are these ravening packs of coyotes going through the streets. They're like 15 coyotes at a time. Right. Attacking and pulling down people. So, I know. I keep wow. calling them on their cell phones. Oh, so you're so you're the culprit. I eh? will not be blamed for their shenanigans. Mm, well, I hope you're careful when you're out walking Hobart. Although yeah. Hobart looks like he could take he could take those uh, coyotes, couldn't you, Hobart? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's tough enough for them. See, I ain't worried. Yeah. But still, we've got all these coyotes in the neighborhood. I mean, guys have been chased down the street, yanking their dogs behind them as the coyotes have been trying to eat the, the dog off the leash. Down by the mall. Yeah. Wow. Why? Yeah. What? Coyotes are like, I know just where to go. Let's go to the mall. What? It's where everything is. They love hot dog <laughs> on a stick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they do. It's well, yeah, huge. their outfits don't stick in their teeth. That, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And they get to wear the hats home. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And they love making the, the lemonade just oh, like, yeah. jumping down on it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's Mutant Texas, I play the coyotes for laughs. But now here, they're just like, they are. They're kind of like the coyotes in Mutant Texas. They're like walking around in gangs. You know, what's up? <laughs> and uh, after after everybody's, not only after the dogs, but after the owners of the dogs. Yeah, apparently. it's a lot. They're going after people because there's so many of them. They're just fearless. There's a severe drought. And so all the little yeah. animals are drying up and drying out. And there's yeah. no bunnies and no squirrels up in the park for them to eat. So they have to go where the water is. And yeah. unfortunately, the water is in the suburbs right now because we can pay to bring it in. Yeah. And so that's what's going on. They're coming to the mall. We, we're lucky that we have all that network of freeways between here and the mountains where we'd have bears down here every night. Bears. Yeah, bears are a big problem up in the hills. They're, bear they're, news. Yeah, they're looking. Well, it's Wednesday night. It's the middle of summer. And so it's time news. for bear news. <laughs> that's what they put on every Wednesday night in the middle of summer, especially when there's a drought. Because the bears are off in someone's hot tub, or they're uh, yeah. or they're prowling That's around, or they're doing something. Pushing He's like, it's like eleven o'clock. See what bear is on TV. Yeah, I actually saw footage recently on the internet of a bear walking around a neighborhood somewhere on his hind legs, like you know, like a people, like a people, and, and going to <laughs> and and just you know, the the trash can was already open, but he went in for a look, and then he walked off like that. And, and all I'll... he took was a newspaper. <laughs> yes, and then he walked nice. off into the woods. One ads. Nice. Did he have a picnic basket? No, but that's the weird thing. Nick, Miss Emily. <laughs> there is something inherently, there is something kind of creepy about seeing a bear walk for a long time on its hind legs. And we think Yogi Bear, you know, he's a big, chummy, fat guy. Baloo the Bear, you know, you just love What's this guy in our around. living room's name? He's on his hind legs. Oh, uh, the chief? Is that his name, the chief? Well, I just call him the chief because What's his real name? I think his real name is Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen? <laughs> yeah. I've never asked him he his real name. He doesn't like it. Oh. He just shook his head, no, mm. try again. I just call him Chief Big Little Paw, so, you know. Yeah, okay, that's uh, his Indian name. That's his Indian name, so. Chief, you want a, well, you want a sucker. Head yeah. dress, so it works for him. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a, another dead animal on a dead animal. We yeah, call that's him. how Paul Dini rolls. Yeah. How, how about we call him Monarch Junior? 
No. Because Monarch was the last California grizzly bear. Oh. And uh, he. I thought you were talking about the Venture Brothers. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> no, like, that no. That doesn't even make any sense. We could put a wig on him and he'd yeah. be Mrs. Monarch. No, I like your other one okay. there. Dr. Uh, Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Monarch was the last California grizzly bear exhibited in a zoo. They got him up in uh, the, actually, I think the Southern California mountains and around the turn of the century. And he was on exhibit well into the 20th century. He died around 1912 and they stuffed him and he's in the, um, the Academy of Sciences in, in, um, in uh, San Francisco. Oh. And, uh, and uh, so, but he was the last authenticated California grizzly on exhibit. I like I think that Monarch Jr. I'm okay with that. Monarch Jr. is Speaking great. Speaking of uh, so. animals dead and alive yes. and historically and current, uh, Ezra and Emily went somewhere that I think might be fun. Tomorrow's Paul's birthday, everybody. Oh. Uh, to go for your birthday where you can make an appointment and meet an animal one-on-one. Where? It's called the Wildlife Learning Center in Silmar. Oh, wow. Pulled yeah. the website up. Yeah, she's yeah, going to pull the website up and take yeah, a look at we, it. You can make an appointment one-on-one to see a sloth or a crocodile. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that might be fun for on you. On my birthday, I went and met the sloth. His name's Lola. Okay. And her. Uh, it's her name, yeah, and it's uh, the one... Um, uh, she Kristen was from Bell. Tulsa. Yeah, Kristen Bell met. Oh, I saw Kristen Bell going shop. bananas over yeah. a sloth. Yeah. yeah, that's that sloth. Wow, wow. And, uh, yeah, they have sugar gliders and hedgehogs and fennec foxes and well, how do they get them all do people get them uh, illegally it, yeah it's people who got them illegally and they take care of them after they've been taken by the police <sighs> that's so weird that people would get animals illegally and yeah. uh and not take care of them yeah we oh. met some uh peri dogs was that right yeah oh yeah peri dogs were there wow um yeah, we've met a whole bunch of animals there in our time. It's a fantastic place. I heard so that we'll somebody, take a look at their list yeah. and see if you want to go over there tomorrow or just some other time. Sure, sure. Because you have a 2 o'clock appointment. Oh, okay. Very nice. Ooh. Yes, yeah, so I'm treating Paul Dini to a day of luxury. Nice. He's going to get a little face mud mask He's not. And, uh, yeah, he's going to wear the towel on his head <laughs> yeah, and the white yeah. robe, walk around oh. with cucumbers on his oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. into the walls like Barry Manilow. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's going to go have a That certain air of Savoir Faire in the merry old land of Oz. Yes. There we go. I just got a, a call that I may be performing at the Playboy Mansion for Halloween and then oh. leaving right there to go perform at George R. R. Martin's Theater wow. in Santa Fe. It's a hell of a weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a good weekend. Hang out in the grotto and then... No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, you know, the money's got to be right, the appropriate for the appropriate gig for what we do, and you know all that stuff. Oh, I have you know, no who's... idea what I'm walking into. Oh, I know because Harry Knowles has been to some of those uh, Halloween parties at the mansion. He went dressed as Tigger one year. I saw pictures from that. Yeah. Yeah, he That's was very pretty... cute. He wore his jammies. Yeah, he's pretty wacky. I don't think they'd let me do that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's going to be fun. Well, so I did some embarrassing stuff today. What did you and do? yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, someone was expressing sympathy because we've had some chaos going on in the house with dog health and your health and mom's health and all yes. that other stuff. And someone said, I completely sympathize. I'm currently losing a family member. Oh. And I was putting my phone down to charge and accidentally sent back a likey thumb in response. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Thumbs up. Can you so unthumbs it? That okay. was embarrassing, and my response was, oh my God, I did not deliberately send back a completely insensitive likey thumb to your blight. Yeah. I am so embarrassed, and I apologize. Plight, not blight. Right, right, right. Okay. I meant plight. I, right. I had my B upside down. Oh. Uh, so Or P upside down. So, um, And he sent back a likey thumb. <laughs> so I guess we're cool. Uh, as long as it was a thumb and not another finger. Uh, no, 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 no. This is David Guerrero, who's awesome. He's a sound engineer at LA Studios and gave mm-hmm. me a gift of a narwhal t-shirt, and I responded by being completely unsympathetic to his sympathetic remarks. <laughs> um, and then, as if that was not enough, 
Yesterday, someone was talking about a potential agent that she was getting ready to meet, and mm -hmm. she said her name was such and such, you know, although, and she was saying, and I hope she, she does a lot for my career. And in an unfortunate typo, I wrote back, instead of, I hope she does, I hope she dies. Oh, man. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God. And, and it was just, it just got better. And I was like, no, does. But I wrote back, dies again, <laughs> because my fingernails are apparently too long. And she wrote back, okay, with a question mark. And I've been playing this game on by Blizzard called Hearthstone that I did mm -hmm. a voice in. And there's a, a magician character on there um, who says... If you screw up, you can send an oops to the character that you're playing against. Yeah. But the oops that you send, the magician character goes real dryly. She goes, whoops. Like that. <laughs> and Jennifer also plays Hearthstone. So I took a screen grab of the magician saying, whoops, and sent it to her. And she was dying. You know, she thought that was really funny. Um, but is that, if that wasn't enough, because mm -hmm. I've not embarrassed myself enough oh, on Facebook no, lately, I had a creative meeting on Skype this afternoon with my friend Rebecca. And we were taking a bathroom break. And without thinking, I just hiked up my skirt as I was leaving the room. Like, just getting ready to go pee. You know, whatever. How we do. Show people our ass on Skype. Yep. For no reason. Mm -hmm. Pro tip. That, that's Wait till you're out of the room. FaceTime or Skype or... That is not... <laughs> like, talk about forgetting yourself. I had a, I had a pitch on Skype today. I had to... Yeah, but did you show them your butt? Uh, did you? Was maybe. there an Oh, did you? No. Underpants. No, yeah. Underpants, McGee. Though. No. Uh -uh. He's just doing the whole meeting in like a very nice dress shirt and just underpants. Just totally and they Stood Ducking up and he's like, okay, later. Just, yeah. <laughs> just Donald Ducking it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very funny contemporary technology joke. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, when I was doing the okay, pit. Okay, later. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, then that boo, and then you're just yeah. off. When I was doing the pitch, I, apparently they were able to hear me fine, but then they asked questions about what I was pitching them, and it was like ordering fast food at Jack in the Box. That's in, awesome. In fact, so you're answering questions they were not asking, and it, it was more like they would they they heard me, and then they would they would go and I it was like talking to Cubert. And uh, it was. Uh, and they're like, speaking, and it's all just coming out in like as exclamation. Yeah, you usually do that really well. What oh, you do, you do Cubert really well. I speak very, I speak very good. Cubert, uh, uh, Cubies, or whatever it is. So it was that was the best part of Wreck It Ralph. We'll see Cubert in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he was good in there. He was good. Like yeah, yeah. See Guardians yet? Uh, yes. Both did. Yeah, separately. We both did separately. Well. Yeah, yeah, we have to go back and see it together. Yeah. You want to see it again? No, not really. That's all. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it too. My favorite line, why would I run my finger on his throat? <laughs> yeah. Favorite no, it's, line. It's, it's, it's a metaphor. It's uh, so you, funny. You know it. it uh, so literal. And yeah. what was really funny was uh, there's a comedian slash voiceover guy, voice, brilliant voiceover mm -hmm. guy, named Carlos Alas Rocky. Mm -hmm. And Carlos actually does a show here in LA at the Yoohoo Room okay. uh, at, at Flappers Comedy Club. And oh, Carlos, okay, yeah. yeah, you guys should go. It's really fun. And nice. what they do is, and I don't want to give too much of a, away, but they'll have celebrities put on uh, like a paintball helmet uh -huh. with the face of another celebrity on the front. Uh -huh. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Spacey. And this celebrity with Kevin Spacey's face over his own face goes behind a curtain and voice matches Kevin Spacey and improvises answers as Kevin, then comes out, takes off the helmet, and they do the real interview. Oh, wow. It's a very fun show. And um, one of the things that they did, they brought out a guest, and I'm not going to say who it was because they bring him back often, um, but they brought out a guest, and the guy was sitting there, and Carlos was kind of being cute, and the guy was saying this and that, and they had done a couple puns, and they were saying, no pun intended, pun intended, you know, and so th nice. there had been a flow, 
And the guy was just making conversation and said something. And Carlos was just teasing. There was no pun, you know. But he, the, he goes, <laughs> no pun intended. And the guy goes, very seriously. He goes, no, there was no pun. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't, I didn't intend a pun. I didn't even make a pun. What are you talking about? And like brought the whole thing to a screeching halt. <laughs> and Carlos is going, forget it. Just forget it. And the guy goes, no, I'm trying to understand. Is there a pun? Did it go over my own head? Am I more clever than I thought? And the more the guy pushed, the more uncomfortable Carlos got. And the audience was just roaring. It was hysterical. Because Carlos felt so stupid. He was just horsing around, oh, pun yeah. intended, you know? And the guy was like, no. And just like busted him. And just nailed him to the wall and then really was poking him. It was like he just put a pin in him as like an insect and was just like poking him. And it was, oh, it was hysterical. It does not go over my head. And it was all good I'm, nature. My They're reflexes good are too quick for that. Right, exactly. And Carlos was like, oh, no, no. Oh, this is so embarrassing. It was hysterical. Can and so they did for... that in the, in the movie. And I was yeah. just like, so it was very fresh. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. What? You know what my favorite part of Guardians of the Galaxy was? What? Have you guys seen it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Probably twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what it was? What? Howard the Duck, mm -hmm. the very end. That was surprising. It was a little ruined for me because I heard he was going to be in it and I thought it was just a quick bit, but somebody said it was bigger. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But, uh, but that was fun. And you know what's interesting is we put that, we, we, we put that in Spider-Man. Oh, really? Last season, yeah. Oh, or wow. was it Spider-Man or Hulk? No, it was in Hulk. It was the Collector. It was in... No, that was Spider-Man. No, it was in... No, it was a Spider... It was a Hulk episode that Spider-Man was in ah. where the Collector is collecting all the Earth heroes... And at one point, he's got Howard the Duck in like this clear container, and Howard's kind of, you know, all the heroes are kind of out of it. But it's clearly him, and it's his first appearance, too, with the pantless Howard, you know? Yeah, the one that's more Donald Duck. -like. More Since Donald Duck. Disney du owns it now, you don't have to worry. Yeah, so we can take him out, we can lose the pants and everything. Yeah. So every time he's appeared in, in Spider Man, actually, and the Hulk, and it's actually been a few times, and he's ha had a few dialogues in a, in a few scenes. Um, He's always pantless Howard, nice. and, uh, and I love that, that he's like the Val Merrick uh, original version. And yeah. Val Merrick and Steve Gerber got yeah. credit at the end, which was really that great. That was fantastic. And so uh, even though it is like the more modern Howard, uh, you know, I loved seeing him there. He's just having a drink with the collector and, of course, and, you know, did his voice, our old pal Seth Green. Oh, I didn't realize that was Seth Green because yep. I didn't yeah. see any credits for it or anything. No, no, he, wow. he didn't. I don't think he's credited in the movie, but it is widely wow. acknowledged that he, he did the voice for him. That's so. great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was so much about that movie I was impressed with, and uh -huh. just the, the pulling it off, and and what they did for Bill Mantlo uh, or Mantlo, Mantlo, Bill Mantlo. With yeah. Uh, oh yeah, oh and they did you hear about this? No. The uh, creator of Rocket oh, Raccoon, the the co the, the writer who created Rocket, twenty two years ago he was out roller skating and a and a car came and plowed into him and just, I, I know about that yeah. But what's what else? That's well, he's been news. he's been kind of recovering over the last twenty two years. So Marvel arranged a special screening for him so he could see Rocket. Yeah, the lawyers themselves pulled it so they they could show him it during the previews. So he doesn't get any money, but he gets to no, watch. He it. No, he got, no, he got he got he gets money, money from Rocket. In fact, oh, I he heard I thought they didn't do creator equity at Marvel. No, they, no, they do. A, he said they gave him a nice settlement, and uh, from what I heard, they even offered to pay his medical bills. That's not what yeah. they should. Yeah. Rocket so, Raccoon is yeah. kind of a big one. Rocket movie. Raccoon yeah. is going to be like their Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It'd be nice really if they teamed up with Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl, Girl? yeah. I loved Groot in that movie. Yeah, that yeah, was, was my fantastic. favorite. So I, with Squirrel Girl, I hear they're like booking up all sorts of website and trademark stuff for Squirrel Girl. Yeah, oh, Marvel's, yeah, Marvel's yeah. going nuts with it. 
Uh, so Excuse to speak. the pun. Yeah. Wait, no, there's no pun. Actually, there was, uh, you know how Court Lane does, you know, on, on uh, I think it's uh, uh, Comic Book Resources, he kind of gives a preview of what's coming up in the animated shows. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of tipped it, the Squirrel Girl was on her way. Did people, were they happy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. good. I hope so, people like her. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, I'm sure they will. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. And so, yeah, the Marvel stuff is, is really great. I thought, I thought Guardians was fun. They, um, and I thought Chris Pratt was very good as uh, oh, a Star yeah, Lord. And uh, Alan's favorite part of that movie, Alan Burnett's favorite part, yeah. is a part where uh, Gamora just sort of yawns at one point. Uh-huh. Like, In the prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just stops and goes, <sighs> Yeah. It was, all, it was all good stuff. I You're welcome. Dancing Groot. The, at the end. No, well, I love when Groot yawned. The little tiny Groot. Yeah, yeah. yeah when he mm-hmm. first woke up. Mm-hmm. My sister that had a problem really with Rocket taking things from people, and I said he's a raccoon. And goes like, but it was kind of mean. My you know favorite what? Rocket Star Lord should have given that guy his leg back. <laughs> yep, that's what I just said. I, I, when we were sitting there, I just shook my head and I said, "Oh my God, I'm the human embodiment of Rocket Raccoon." Yeah, because I would totally ask you to get some guy's leg for me. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, he's like, "I need that guy's eye." Eye? No, 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 no! It would be great. No, no, come on, I need it. Okay, all right, so here, here's the thing that we can do. There's a right. gator get-together. All right. There's an armful of Dillo. Oh, man. A picture yeah. with a python, a fennec fox, a sloth social, the furific trio, where you can get a hedgehog, sugar glider, and chinchilla. We did that Ooh. one. That was great. And little dog on the prairie. And porcupine dining time. Wow. I Sound think an armful of Dillo is kind of... You want the armful of Dillo? Yeah, as long as I don't get leprosy. But... <laughs> Super. Yeah. That's a good goal. No gator get together for you. Well, can I combine? Can I mix and match? Or well, they probably won't yeah, feed the armadillo to the gator. No, I know. If you do a set of them, they'll do them all back to back. Perfect. So, do, can we make an appointment online? Is that uh, how it works? No, you can just go there and do it right then. I, they, I've never well, I'm just concerned they won't have an appointment they available. That you can call and Yeah, call ahead of time. Make animals. sure the animals are free. That they're open? Yeah. That they're if they're not, free, I'll just bring them home. No, but I mean that they're oh. not doing anything or there's not a problem. Or they're not doing anything. Sick. I'm sorry. The armadillo is pitching to well, Cinemax this they, afternoon. They do have private party things where they bring the animals too. Yeah, yeah. So That makes sense. So you could invite Please the animals call here. The so party. is it a private party where the animals would say, dance for you? <laughs> What is well, happening? I don't know. Right I've never now. had this party. Um, hey, had... excuse you. Lap cat... dance from a llama, you well, know? Right, you Giselle. know what? You're not going. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No birthday for I, you. I, I, I kid. Listen, I kid. a cat lover's dream. Enter our Siberian lynx habitat with Booner and learn about this boomer, rather, mm-hmm. and learn about this magnificent animal and his role as a top predator. You want to pet the Siberian lynx? Yeah, you know, we saw those at the San Diego Zoo last week, uh, Pete and I, and those Siberian lynx are big. Yeah. They He's are smiling. big and they're He's beautiful. He's got a big moon pie face. Wow. Um, so I think this looks more fun than the zoo. Yeah, I think you so too. Do this? Can we do it tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking we get up early. They open at 11. Where are they? Silmar. Silmar, right off of, uh, what did you say? Yarnell. Yarnell. It's off the 118. Okay. Just go up the 5 and then back down 118. So about 45 minutes from here. But are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are, if yeah. they open at eleven, are we gonna have time to do that in my? Spot we are because we can spend two hours there, see whatever animals are available, mm-hmm. and then go right to Burke Williams, and I'll drop you off. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Your appointment's not till two, so mm. we would have twelve one, which would give us an hour to get there. Okay. And we can call first thing in the morning. What time do they? They see people at eleven, but they open at nine. I assume I'm not there's. Sure. I assume there's people in the office between nine ten somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, Emily, will you send before. this to me? Yeah. Well, it's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So oh, okay. we'd be going tomorrow. They, yeah, they'd be closed already, yeah. 
Man, that sounds mission. almost as fun as the Rhino Roundup that. Oh that wait, Pete call and I did. us and use our friendly and safe PayPal button. Feel free to talk to a co-founder. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we can just use their. This is great. Yeah, yeah it's a fantastic place, and all the money goes to keeping the animals healthy and happy, and medical bills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Pete and I did uh, Rhino Roundup and Rodeo last week at the zoo. That's fun. That's where they allow you, you to come to me, in. Emily? And Here, I'll give this back to you. I'm sorry. Ride on, you ride you on got a up and I waited until you sat down on purpose uh, just to be a dick. Tara Strong and uh, Tom Kenny both have uh, pictures in the office. <laughs> Signed pictures. Why? Because they've been there. They donate to the animals, probably. Yeah. They're working to donate for one of their owls is blind mm -hmm. and they're getting eye surgery for it. That's interesting. Yeah. You know where I've never been and I'd also like to go someday? Where? The Moon Ridge Zoo. Where's the that? Big Bear. And they actually have oh, a couple of grizzlies on exhibit. Let's go. Nice. Yeah. Maybe. Monarch 1 and Monarch 2. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe after all the stuff of my family is settled and everything like that. Yeah, maybe. you've got a lot of stuff. I, I think that maybe we wait for, a, maybe in September we take a little, or whenever, a little weekend and go okay. up there. Would you like to do that instead of New York? Uh, in addition to New York? That sounds like an easy day. Like, if we had someone watch the dogs, we could get up early, go to Big Bear, go to the zoo, and just come home. Yeah, or spend the night in a lodge up there and then come we back. We could do that, too. Yeah. Whatever you want. New York would be fun. I'm, I'm looking October, November about there, and I'd like to find out the Saturday Night Live schedule so we could go see the show. Oh, that's right. You wanted to do that. I forgot. Yeah. Well, I figured we'd go see a Broadway show. One day we'd go see Cabaret. Yeah, we can. And no, that, not Cabaret. Is it Cabaret? Yeah. Yeah, cabaret. you want to see Cabaret. Yeah. The Roundabout is reprising its Alan Cummings. Oh, fantastic. Cabaret right now at yeah. Studio 54. Oh, um, I did hear about that. That's yeah. what Shia LaBeouf got thrown out of. Yeah. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf got thrown out of What yeah, is wrong he, with him? I don't know. He's an idiot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's, he's just, a lot. He, he was causing a scene during the show. <laughs> Will he never learn? I don't know. I think uh, there's a thing with young actors. You, you you look at actors who kind of make it in their in their early 30s through, you know, and then they're, they're usually maybe not the leading man type, or, but they're more, they seem more grounded. And you see like young actors who kind of hit it big when they're 18, 19, and then suddenly they're in these huge movies and everything. And it, it's almost like they lose all sense of themselves, you know, because they, I don't know what it is, maybe, maybe an overinflated Perception. It's like they can do whatever they want and get away with it for some reason. Yeah, and there's always an agent or a manager or a handler or a bodyguard who's able to throw some money around to make sure he has his way and he can get, you know, fly off to wherever he needs to be. At some point, the money runs out and the appeal rubs off and yeah. then they're back, you know, with the rest of, you know, the herd and that's got to be kind of hard for them to deal with. But, you know, if you're going to be kind of a tool to begin with, it's like, ugh, I don't know. We should call uh, Scott and uh, Sandra when we're back in New York also. Yeah, I love them both. They'll, they could probably come to SNL with us. I don't know. Why are we doing this? Because I want home don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. I'll get your tickets soon because uh, we were looking at tickets recently for our trip to Italy and uh, they're lowering because of the Ebola virus scare, I'm assuming. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're a couple hundred bucks less than they were last month. Well, Is Italy full of Ebola? No, but people just don't want to fly and go around anywhere because... That's happening. In the plane? They sent uh, uh, two people with Ebola to Atlanta, so. Like sub-zero temperature when they brought it in, and then it had to be thawed out naturally, and then ejected in two doses, and they were fine. Everything reversed. That's scary shit. Yeah. It's like end-of-the-world type stuff. And you just imagine if religious fanatics got their hands on it, they would say, well, God is... 
willed me to do this hmm. and uh, to destroy people. Then you're dealing with villainy on a racial ghoul level. Yeah. Absolute genocide, but people can justify anything regardless of treaty or anything. These are weird times. I wonder if everybody says that, though, throughout <laughs> history. Like, these are weird times, Lavinius or whatever, back in <laughs> Rome. And, and uh, you know, the same thing. I'm, I'm sure they were, they were prophesizing the end of the world in 1705 and... You know, every every decade since then, that it was the end of days. And yeah. What's your what's on your T-shirt? Oh, it's a T-shirt. A princess uh, being rescued by a knight, but it's actually a puppet by a monster. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, a little puppetry book down here shows it. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, that looks very wild thing. You know, yeah. like where the wild things are. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm convinced that's what Loch Ness Monster is. It's like a puppet, and there's some <laughs> exactly. Cthulhu thing underneath yeah. it. <laughs> Something even worse. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Cthulhu, have you been reading uh, Afterlife with Archie? No, I really want to. I hear it's fantastic. It's great. It's the best Archie ever. You know, yeah. and, and I'm a little bit, and, I, and I, I'm only slightly contemptuous of this because it breaks, you know, it, it kind of violates my rule that, you know, the only good stories about comic book characters today are the ones where you kill them. You know, like the only time you have a really great story is when it's the last Superman story, the last mm -hmm. Batman story, because you can take that whole history of the characters and and do the one big story. I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, yeah. Over the Edge is my last Batman story. That's how I really think, you know, that that would wind up for Batman. It would be pretty nasty. Um, but of course it's a dream. So, oh, spoiler alert for a 20 year old cartoon. Um, but, uh, it's, um, but Afterlife with Archie is great because it, it, it really is steeped in Archie history. Mm. All the characters behave very logically through it, except it's very, you know, very serious and drawn very seriously. It's not funny at all. It, it threw me off at first because Franco Villa's art is so good. It's yeah. unnatural seeing them drawn traditionally like a, you know, a human, not just one of their cartoon Archie characters. Even with shadows, you know, yeah. they, they, yeah. there's no shadows in Archie's world, you know, and uh, and to deal with darkness and this kind of Stephen King like uh, plot and uh, and uh, to, it has great moments in it. Like I think my favorite moment is this this one time where. A bunch of the kids are hiding. Have you have you, you haven't read it? So how far? No, but I'm go? I'm familiar with the entire premise. I listen to iFanboy, and they've been talking about it nonstop. And okay, I've been dying to read it. My my two favorite moments are um, this one great moment with Moose and Midge. You know, to the mm -hmm. the perennial sideline characters, sideline B players in the Archie universe. Yeah, the muscles. big Moose, the duh, uh, you know, you yeah. Reggie, go don't go near my girl. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> And, you know, Reggie Mandel's always hitting on Midge for some reason, probably because he can't have her, you know, that sort of thing. But there's this great sequence where they're, they're in the Lodge mansion, and and, uh, and and he says to Midge, are you okay, honey? And she's got in... She's been attacked by a zombie. She goes, "It's okay. It's just, it's just a scrape." <laughs> and then about three pages later, they just come bursting into the pool, full-fledged zombies. You know, Midge <laughs> turned co-total zombie, bit a hunk out of moose. They're both raging zombies, and, the, and Mr. Lodge traps them both in the pool. He covers up the pool, wow. and they're underneath there, banging out, <laughs> trying to get out, just ravening monsters. And to me, that was so cool to take those elements, and yeah. uh, it's it's sad too because it opens it opens with with Jughead 
going yeah. to Sabrina's house and he's got Hot Dog who's been hit by a car and goes, Sabrina, you got to help yeah, me. Jughead starts it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then Sabrina's no help. Well, she is, but she goes, well, I'm not... She actually brings her aunts out. And, and at some point in the Archie continuity, they always kept Sabrina kind of off to herself, like some contact with Archie, but her powers were a secret. I guess in yeah. the last few years, whenever I picked up an Archie like digest, I was thumbing through it at the, the checkout counter at the supermarket. It's like, oh, everybody knows Sabrina's a witch. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, <laughs> Josie is a singer, so why can't yeah. Sab Sabrina be a witch? You know, so everybody apparently knows that she has some sort of connection well, to... Well, since that TV show, it's hard to hide it. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it really was heartbreaking, you know, and the ants come out and they go, well, he's, he's gone, we can't do anything. And uh, and then Sabrina, after her ants go away, Sabrina says, well, there is one book I'm not allowed to look at. And, you know, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> so she dusts off her copy of the Necronomicon or some hideous thing and yeah. brings Hot Dog back to life. And, and I'm going, this can't end well. <laughs> yeah. And then add to it, Reggie's acting weird throughout the book. And then you find out he hit the dog on his way home. Oh. He killed Hot Dog. And oh, Reggie Mantle, oh. wise guy. And, uh, and then, um, and then that's what starts the zombie plague is yeah. it spreads from hot dog to Jughead and Jughead's like leader of the zombies. It's, it's really, it's really awesome. And then Sabrina for her part in this little thing, her ants turn into the shrieking demons. And they drag her off to hell. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the second greatest part of this. And the latest <laughs> issue, it was just an all Sabrina issue and not only is she in hell, she's being sacrificed to the god Cthulhu at the is end. Is she being sacrificed? I heard uh, something along the lines that she had to marry him. Oh, she's the bride of Cthulhu. But yes. we all know, bride, appetizer, <laughs> they're kind of the same thing yeah. where Cthulhu is, is, uh, is concerned. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's sort of, you know, I think by consume, consummating the wedding, it means like consuming the bride, yeah. you know. So, And then throughout the whole thing, Sabrina is kind of doped up, like they have her on magic suppressors. She can't really fry the guys like she want to oh, man, because she realizes like, well, there's a, there's a mysterious Dr. Lovecraft holding me, holding me captive. It's like his name is Lovecraft, idiot. <laughs> that should be your tip off. This whole thing, you're in the middle of some horrible Lovecraftian thing in hell. And all she wants to do is like leave and go home and marry her boyfriend and live mm -hmm. happily ever after. And there she is marrying Squidhead and... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's kind of awesome. I don't know how she gets out of it. Is this um, an ongoing or a miniseries? It's a miniseries, okay. but it's... it's um, they did the first book of six issues, a number... Oh, okay. Seven, I, I think, is icon, is yeah. Sabrina, God of Cthulhu, which sets the stage for her own series. It's not going to be tied into it, but they are doing a series that's set in the 60s, I think, that's yeah. coming out this fall, which is a straight horror series where she's basically Rosemary's baby. Wow. Yeah. That, they are brave people over at Archie. I got to say. They are. They, they hit me up. They said, you want to work for us? And it's like. Really? Yes. Uh, well, I'm flattered. I'm yeah. flattered. But uh, I I don't know if I'm ready to make that leap. And <laughs> I you know, don't know quite what that would entail. Yeah. But um, I mean, I there, there are times when I, when I look at what a company is doing and I'm very impressed. And I would rather enjoy it as a fan rather than see, yeah. you know, if I could contribute or, or something. So I, I think I'll enjoy it as a fan a little longer. They're doing fine. They don't need yeah. me over there. Yeah, Although they, they just killed uh, Archie, though. So. Yeah, poor Archie. <laughs> he died for the liberal agenda. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he was like, you know, if there's a way for him to go, I mean, it certainly is a noble way for him to go, sacrificing himself for his 
for his uh, you know gay friend Kev, uh, yeah. Kevin and Kevin Keeler, yeah. Kevin Keeler, who's a great addition to Archie. That's I mean, a fantastic character. I mean, I, I think they should have brought Jughead out of the closet 35 years ago. <laughs> totally. I mean, I'm with Kevin Smith on that one. You know, in uh, Chasing Amy, the, yeah. the, there's this whole dialogue about how Jughead's really in love with Archie, and I always bought that. I always kind of thought that you know. Jug was like the woman hater, but then they kind of did something with him over the last 20 years where it's like, I don't hate all women. I just hate the ones in this book. <laughs> Betty's too needy. Veronica's a bitch. Sabrina's <laughs> off in, in, in Monsterland. Big Ethel. No, don't get me started. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats, probably on Coke. You know, there, there's just nobody good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think he's just been waiting for somebody more his, his temperament to show yeah. up. So. But uh, I'm very excited about the Sabrina uh, yeah, that series. Fun. Sabrina was my major crush when I was a kid. Oh, really? I just, for whatever reason, I just thought she was really, really cute. Like the <laughs> little white hair and the headband. What? what? I, I kind of crushed on Sabrina when I was a kid. And I married, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like Betty, Veronica. I would take Sabrina. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> so... Uh, there we go. So it's um yeah. I always liked um the uh, uh, Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina. I always had a crush on her ever since Clarissa explains it all and stuff. So. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoyed that show and Savage Steve Holland, right? Or no, he did the animated series. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a there was this otherworldly quality about Sabrina that I kind of liked in the early Dan DiCarlo stories, where she had this spherical punch bowl blonde hair. <laughs> and freckles and these weird little cat eyes and she was such a change from you know Betty and Veronica who are yeah. basically the same character with a with a with a different wig well, drawn I mean, Josie and the Pussycats is kind of the same character as them too I yeah mean, I yeah I mean there's a little bit different Josie is like the all town American girl she's mm -hmm. sort of like the gal pal you can hang out with who suddenly you know discovers wow she really can kick ass when she's on stage yeah Melody, they always played kind of as a joke, you know, like she would walk down the street and guys would do the Tex Avery takes at her, which is yeah. now totally out of fashion. <laughs> guys driving cars into lampposts. And that was the joke was Melody was so beautiful. She had no idea how beautiful she was mm -hmm. and, uh, and yet was still kind of nice and sweet. There was a girl named Pepper who was in there for a while who was like Josie's uh, kind of wise guy, tomboy friend. Mm -hmm. Alexandra, who's basically Veronica with a stripe in her hair. Yeah. And then they brought in Valerie, who, you know, for some diversity in the group, who they paired up with Archie in some of these like... Um, oh. Then some of these like what if, what if stories, yeah. Like Valerie is Archie's big love, and I love that. I love that you know That's of all the pussy cats, you know he doesn't go for the other ginger. He doesn't go for Josie. He goes <laughs> for Valerie. Got a little uh, got a little spunk to her, and they yeah. they have in some of the stories they have a kid and. Uh, wow. And Archie's a rocker and everything like that. And I thought, that's that's a good choice. You know, Valerie is a perfect. She's smart. She's talented. She's uh, she's kind of she's not as clutchy as Betty and, and she probably you know has her own money she's probably you know not as wealthy as Veronica but those pussycat albums make some money so yeah. you know pretty yeah. pretty good way of going and I think the fact I think the Archie comics kind of realize that their characters are just as iconic as the DC and Marvel characters oh, yeah they are they, you know, they're just as well known. People yes. have seen them on the grocery stands for years. Yeah, and exactly. The same thing with uh, the Disney characters. Mm -hmm. You know, like Don Rosa was able to do uh, The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck by yeah. going in and telling these you know stories because these are characters you embrace. And I think that superheroes have had the, have had the uh, you know, they're, they're the top sellers, so they've had the forefront for a long time. But when you've got any sort of character 
whether they're in comics or literature or TV, that has an ongoing history and a continuity that you can go in and tell those sort of what-if stories. And, yeah. you know, I, I saw the latest solicitations for Archie Comics recently, and Archie is still Archie in his regular, you know, in, in his namesake book. He's just at the beach, you know, trying yeah. to figure out what girl to date. <laughs> things don't change. Jughead's there eating a hamburger. And mm -hmm. so it's still good old Archie. But if you want, if you, you know, want to vary it a little bit, you know, the yeah. uh, afterlife with Archie is really good. And, and some of that other stuff is, is terrific. Although, although if I have a thought, I, you know, if I thought Archie was going to die, I thought, you know. He would have taken one too many punches from Mr. Lodge, you know, Mr. Lodge, you know, or Smithers, the butler, always, uh, you know, throwing him out on land on his neck. And it's like, I seem to have killed young Master Andrews, Mr. Lodge. Oh, well, I'll get the shovel. Isn't it weird how Mr. Burns and Mr. Lodge both have assistants named Smithers? I wonder if like Smithers in, in The Simpsons was sort of a nod to that. Like, uh, I was just wondering, uh, Dobie Gillis, did that come before or after Archie? Was there any... That was before. That was before? So did Archie model it a little bit after Oh, Dobie no, no, Gillis? I take it back. Okay. Archie was before that. Archie yeah. was... Um, Archie was in comics in the early 40s, I believe. Okay. You know? And there's that iconic shot of him, like, jumping over a bunch of barrels, you know, ice skating, kind yeah. of going, whoa, as he's headed for the thin ice. And that was, I think, the very first Archie comic. He was very popular, and then he showed up in radio soon after that, where he was voiced by our dear friend Bob Cummings, who oh, just yeah. passed away. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. also our Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, on Batman, the animated series. Yeah, I did. So we're talking Archie. I know, I heard it all. Yeah. That's why I was out of the room. The folks at Archie gave me their business cards. They were very like me, very much like to have me come and play with them. You so, mentioned that. You know, I, uh, it's an attractive idea, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I have to. I don't want to say yes to any new work until. Um, until my plate is clean. Okay. And that'll be for a while. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that you're keeping busy. I wrote the follow-up to the straitjacket. We, we took a brief recess here to talk about some really depressing stuff, and I suggested that it might be hilarious to do my to watch my straitjacket as a chaser. And they all kind of chuckled because I was trying to lighten the mood. But that actually led me to this, and I told Ezra to start recording because this is really exciting. I wrote the follow-up to the straitjacket and kind of reached out to a couple people that would be my dream team. And the first one who inspired the whole thing with a drawing of his in Paul's Zatanna book was Stefan Rue. And I said, I'm really looking for a storyboard, someone to really create some iconic moments and I think you'd be great. And he wrote back, I'm totally on board. I just read this and it's, I, I'm so on board. It's unbelievable. I'll have you some stuff by next Friday, which is in just a couple days and I'm kind of flipping out a little bit. So there's that. Um, then I decided to reach out because I had a song in my head and I thought, oh, I don't know this guy. I don't know if this is gonna work out. But I sent an email to his quote unquote people and they said, what is your distribution interest? And I said, well, I'm probably just going to put it up on YouTube, but I'd like to talk about televised rights just in case somebody likes it. And the lady came back and said, you can have it for free for YouTube distribution. Just send us what you do so we can link to it. And wow. she said, and then if you ever decide oh, to go to televised really? rights, contact us again and we'll negotiate. She wow. said, what you're doing sounds awesome and he's glad to be on board. That's fantastic. Holy crap. I don't wow. even know this guy. Perfect stranger. Wow. wow. Then the third thing is... I was sitting there going, yeah, but who's going to direct this? You know, Renee did a great job with the straight jacket, but uh -huh. this is a totally different flavor. And uh -huh. because it is so magic intensive, I wanted somebody with familiar, famil familiarity, both behind the camera and on the stage with magic, mm -hmm. because it's going to have to be shot quite convincingly. It's a levitation. I can tell you that without anything else. And uh, I, I put up that I had the music and all of a sudden it said, Chip Chalmers likes this. 
And for those of you who don't know who Chip yeah. Chalmers is, he directed for Aaron Spelling for years. Mm -hmm. And he worked on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. He directed several episodes of Melrose Place. He's, you know, I mean, he is really, and he's on the board of directors at the Magic Castle because oh. he has been a lifelong magician. Wow, didn't know that. And it said Chip Chalmers likes this. And I thought, I can't think of anybody better mm -hmm. for that. Like, and I know that he has personal experience with the content of this short uh, very honest personal experience, which is going to be necessary. I contacted him and he said, not only will I do this, but I want to fund it. And I said, no, you may not do that. And he said, I said, I want to pay you. And he said, you will pay me a dollar. Wow. If, you're, if you have to pay That's me. That's very and generous. And I will draw up the contract. Yeah. Wow. Very good. So it's a trifecta of dream come true. Yeah. So he sent me, and he already sent me a full shot list today. Wow. He goes, just off the top of my head. And we had a meeting on Tuesday, and he went through the whole script and added so much. And he oh, was nice. like, what if we change locations in this point? And what if we do this? And what if in casting we consider the following? And he, had, and he said, I don't really see myself as the director of this as much as it's the godfather. He mm -hmm. said, you're kind of directing this because you have to. It's your vision. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to help you make your vision That's a reality. Nice. And I was like, I left there in tears of gratitude, so moved by this beautiful person, so grateful, so overwhelmed with joy. I just, mm -hmm. it, he is such a gift and a blessing and it has just been one thing after the other, uh, just awe and wonder. Well, everybody who's gravitated toward this project because it is so moving and it's mm -hmm. so from the heart. Yeah, well, they don't know what it is, but you'll see it. It'll probably yeah. take us three or four months to get it done. But it's just, yeah. it's mind boggling how much support I've actually had. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, I'm super grateful. So that's not hilarious, but it is good news. Yeah. Something good. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff going on too. Paul is, and without saying too much, pitching an original project around town and getting quite a few bites. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some good news to announce in a month or so. We will. And, and, uh, and whether it's about this one or some of the other things you're working on, you got a lot going on. Yeah, just staying creative, doing a bunch of stuff. Really busy writing a ton of stuff that I can't talk about now and may no, not be able to talk about for another really year or two. Really exciting. Um, I'm not doing any shows or conventions or anything for at least two years. That's Just, good to know because you got an invite to come back to the 10th anniversary of the Calgary Expo. This yeah, I saw that. If you wanted to go, I would go. But, we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, because Kendrickson is you know good good folks and yeah. uh, um, anyway, uh, but the Comic Con was fun. Yeah, I had a good time at Comic Con. You had Pete. My, took How my was nephew that? Pete. We went down on the train. We were like big machers of, of Comic Con. We got on the train. What does that mean? I don't know that word. A macher? It's like a big deal. Yiddish means. You're always a big macher. Of macher. Comic -Con. It means like a mogul. You know, a big shot. So. Yeah. But it was Good. so much fun. Thank you for 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 all. For, for everything you did during Comic-Con. That was so much fun, too. What did I do? Well, you were just, you were there. You were fun. You, we hardly ever saw you, but... You right, know, so the, what are you thanking me for? That's well, weird. But, Thank you know, you, you, encouraged yeah, me to, you encouraged me to take Pete and to, to do it up big time, so I did. So, 
We uh, and I mean, you guys did not horse around. You no. hit the floor. He bought. Oh my God, the kid! Original artwork, signed copies of everything. Because yeah. when Paul Dini walks the Comic Con floor, <laughs> it's like he's trick or treating. It's almost like, like every artist. He walks with one of those giant bags, and every artist, creator, merchandiser, comic book publisher goes Paul and drops things in his trick or treat bag. Yeah, it is. And then it's he like comes home, booth and it's like he dumps this thing out, and he he is so grateful for everything. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh my God, look at this! That guy gave this me for free I should never have let him do that oh my god I love this guy's work and I didn't even say hi and so it becomes this really special yeah. it is really like dumping out your Halloween candy yeah. it's nuts and awesome yeah. yeah you know so it's it's very fun and so he not only took Pete and did that but they we took Pete over and he met Len Wein because wow. you know Len yeah. Wein at Cobb no big yeah. deal it's just freaking yeah. Len Wein we were at a uh, we were um, before we were in the green room before we did a Batman panel Say that's Jim Lee. Jim took uh, Pete's book and did the stunning Batman nice. portrait in it. Jim Lee, yeah. God, an original Lee. Jim Lee Batman sketch in his sketchbook for free. What? Yeah. Just because well, he he's sitting next to him. Uh, and not break the ice, but he does just leave sketches around con randomly. That's does Jim really? Lee's thing. Yeah, he oh, got, he funny. twitters about it. Goes, this is the hiding place. See if you can find it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That is that that's is very smart. Really nice. That's nice. very clever. Um, D. Bradley Baker had some signed photos of his oh, characters and he cool. was going, I'm at Booth, click, meet me here, I have a hundred, I will give them away to everyone I see in the next 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Go. That he was, stand yeah. there. He's fun. D is really fun too. I bet. You know, but, but Pete had got an original, uh, you, what did you buy him? Oh, uh, uh, a Herb Trimpey drawing of Wolverine oh, in the wow. original costume okay. Holy crap. of him like slashing and everything. This was something that uh, our friend Steve Wyatt had at his booth. The creator of Wolverine. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And uh, Steve had done, I mean, uh, Herb had done it for, a, for an auction, and it didn't sell at auction, and so Steve had put a price on it, which was very close to, uh, I had some dealings with him, he owed me a bit of money, and I said, let's just, you know, swap me the Wolverine, we're even. And that and some comics, and Pete So he technically got it for free. What? Wow. Yeah, so he's walking around with it, he's going like... Oh man, I can't believe it. The creator of Wolverine. And, and he met signed. Len Wein, the other creator of Wolverine. Yeah. So it's. Uh, he it's, should have had Len sign that too. Yeah. Well, he was looking for him, but he didn't, you know, he, he, he'll bring it back next we'll year. In, and we'll I have love him, so. Len Wein. He got Len's signature in his book. So that was Yeah, and I gave Len. Interestingly enough, the least I could do guys were there. And Lar, who is the artist of uh, Least I Could Do and Looking mm -hmm. for Group and all these wonderful comics that they do online, he works a lot with Ryan yeah. Somer who I have expressed my love and gratitude to a million times on here. Love me some Ryan Silver. He's so fucking funny. So, um, Lar had done a mashup of Lord of the Rings, and but he had drawn the Hobbit the slash seven Lord dwarfs. of the Rings as the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, fantastic. And it was really fun. Yeah. And Len saw it and said, who did that? And I said, you like it? And he goes, yeah. And I said, you may have it. And I said, something about me, something about me feels that Lar would shit his pants if he found out that you liked this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tweeted to Lar and I said, by the way, I gave that to Len Wein and he wrote back just one huge one. Oh my God! I said, yeah, I thought so. And I said, I hope that's okay. And he was like, I'll send you another one. Oh my God! Oh my God! And I said, no, it's all good. And I said, I've got the other two. I got the one I liked because yeah. he did an Archer Batman mashup and oh, was solving nice. a mystery. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, I still have the one I that was my favorite. So as long as you're okay, I just didn't want you to be offended. He goes, offended? Are you crazy? Oh my God! And he was just, he's, but Lars is so modest. Yeah. He has no idea how talented mm -hmm. he actually is. And it's just neat to kind of bring artists of that appreciate each other's oh, work yeah. together. Mm -hmm. So that was very sweet. It's interesting, you know, like being surrounded by good people. 
Um, you attract you. good. I'm indicating Ezra and Emily because they are also good people. You attract good people, mm. you know, and you just get to meet really fun, really creative, mm. really awesome people. We finally, after ten years of talking to him on the internet, met our friend Bob Harris. Oh wow! Who is That's the big. one who got me into Kiva? All these things we've been talking about. For yeah, we should yeah. actually have him on. Yeah, he's a World oh, Jeopardy champion. Amazing. I mean, he's just he's a huge humanitarian, and he does tons of work around yeah. the world, making life better for people who can't do it themselves. Wow. And I finally got to hug him and shake his hand in person. We talked to him for about twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and it was so lovely to see his beautiful face. Mm -hmm. And That's it was cool. just you know, but like attracts like. Yeah. And when you're sitting around with someone like Len Wein and Bob Harris and Len have been friends for years, mm -hmm. Bob said, let's meet over at Len's table. You know, Len. And I said, perfect. So I got to see Len. Pete got to meet Len. Paul got to say hi to Len. And then Bob Harris came over. And then Kristen Gerhardt, this female magician friend of mine who's going to be on Wizard Wars on Sci-Fi mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. up in August, was with us. Nice. She got to meet all these guys. And she's like so shy. And she's like, oh my God, it's Len Wein. Oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't. Oh my God, this is a Comic Con and I've never. Uh, and I'm just like, and she's gorgeous. I mean, uh -huh. she's just ridiculous and awesome. And um, she she had a great time. So it was just a really fun day. It's you know, a, it was just a really. I only walked the floor for three hours. You know, sometimes you 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 plan and you plan to to meet people there, and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. Like yeah. Dave Mandel and I were going to have uh, breakfast. It's like, okay, we're gonna have breakfast. Call me this day. We kept missing each other, and then I just got an email from him today, and he said, hey, did you get those Batman records at Comic-Con? I go, yeah, I got them all. And he goes, well, let's get breakfast. And it's like, <laughs> finally, we can get breakfast yeah. because it's that, so Well, that's my rule so busy. at Comic-Con is we try not to see anybody who's in L.A. Yeah. Right. socially yeah, because so many people are from New York or France or, you know, wherever, and it's like when you see people who are there from L.A., why aren't we doing that at home? Yeah. It makes much more sense, you know, like... Uh, Mike Carlin's wife Janice and I are pretty good friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. and she said, "Let's get breakfast while we're there." I said, "Nope, I'm working and I'm not yeah. getting up because I did yeah. this Lifetime, which is a East End thing, and I was out until one o'clock." Yeah, in the I heard that went fantastically. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. It was, I, I couldn't even get in really. It was always. If you a had told me that, I would have just left your name at the door. You could have. Oh really? In. Oh yeah. I could. I couldn't. Yeah, like I yeah, every time we walked by, we were like, "Oh boy, that's such a long line. Can we even?" You guys, little kid. Yeah, you could have just come right in. Yeah. I couldn't because Next I couldn't bring Pete in. You know? Yeah, well, Pete's not 21. No. Uh, Can I bring this 13 year old kid? It's like that scene in Sweet Home Alabama. You have a baby in a bar. Oh. Uh, oh I mean, so. I, I wanted Pete to meet Mark Avenier. And, and, and I guess. And he did at Quick Draw. I introduced him. Did you introduce him to Sergio? I guess Sergio. I, Sergio had run off, but Sergio. he met Scott Shaw. And, and he, he certainly met Floyd Norman. And Floyd. And he met Bill Farmer, who does the voice of Goofy. Oh, wow. oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I hooked him up a little bit. Good. Yeah. He did that. I dragged him over to, uh, we were, we uh, Paul, it's so cute for, because for, Paul gets so nervous in front of Bill Farmer. He's like, that's goofy. It's goofy. It's so cute to I see I do Paul the same thing. I don't see him as a out. human. I see him as a it's seven goofy. foot tall it's dog. It's my favorite. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yep. And after trading Facebook messages back and forth very, very briefly, um, I ended up bumping into Bear McCreary, who yeah. I ate oh, at a wow. party. Got to say hi to him. Renee and I saw him at the Odyssey. Bear's been doing some great work. See, for he's two years boy, I've been swapping. Nice. And he's uh, awesome. He's really nice yeah. and charming. And I didn't know him. You know, he's so in that nice Outlander series. I, yep, he is. It's really good stuff. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. For two years I've been swapping tweets and emails with Taryn Killam on Saturday yep. Night Live. Oh. And it's like, I'm going to be at the IDW booth from uh, 4 to 5, and it's like, we'll be there. And we, you know, it was like one of those days where it was yeah. like the, like the mad, like a, it's a mad, mad world. You know, we get there. To we, the giant W. We, and get, we get to the IDW booth and it's like. I love that the IDW booth is the giant W. The booth. giant W. That's very funny. And it's like, we're three minutes late. It's like, is Taryn still here? And one of the people working there, who? 
Karen yeah. Killam from Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I'm not really working here. Could, could you check? Okay. And of course he had wa- he had walked off. But it, you know, and then he then uh, he said, "Don't don't worry about it. I you know I, I didn't meet half the people I was supposed to. So yeah. you know we'll probably meet up with them at some other point." Oh man, look at this. We need to pick up all these names off the floor we just dropped. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But they're all there because they love comics. Well, we and they are, love doing that. And that's them. what I was talking about. I was lumping you guys in with this huge creative pool of awesome people. Yeah. Emily, it's just like, go ahead. Emily did a similar thing. We, uh, she's been working on this comic with a, a, a writer, and the writer is good friends with Brian K. Vaughn. So she got a chance to meet Brian K. Vaughn and talk yeah. to him for a while. Brian K. Vaughn has the singular guy. credit of pulling the plug on the was it Asteroids Machine? In the lost Galaga. offices. On the Galaga machine. Oh, in the lost no, and reset the score. And reset the score and got the show back on track. Yeah, well. He, they were playing Galaga all day and he came in and said, this is horse shit. Get to work. Good for Brian him. Brian yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Super nice guy. Yes, yeah. he is. Very nice. Yes, like he is. Do they have a baby that's like two or three, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. The baby. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, we got It was a good show. People. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it was a little less... Horrific than it usually is. I, I think the people had said that uh, there were just as many people, but I think the crowd control was a little bit better. Um, there's always that really ghastly middle part of the hall. You know, it's, yeah. it's somewhere near around the Mattel booth and the gaming mm-hmm. booth and, and, and the Lego booth. You know, oh yeah. Pete wanted something from the Lego booth, and and we just could, <laughs> I don't know what they were giving away. We actually did get close one day, but you know, and you know. If you don't have like a like a hookup with one of the guys at the booth, you're you're sort of doomed to a line and, and yeah uh, yeah and I, I went way. through a Funko Hell line myself. Oh, what were you trying to get? The Sharknado? Uh, no, uh, I was getting the um, Ghostbusters Funko toys for Emily for her birthday. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, great! And, great. Uh, it was a difficult process because you get there and they're like, "We're not letting people in the line." Well, how do you get in line? Well, at one point, this guy will start just touching people and let them in line. Okay, where do we have to stand? You can't stand anywhere. Okay, so we have to troll the area just to get into this line. You have to That's clog weird. the aisles yes. until you're tapped. So you go back and forth until they finally did, and they tapped me, and then I finally got in, waited three, four hours just to get a toy. Missed uh, going to the NASA panel because of that. I was oh, so sad right. about that. But you were successful so, on her birthday. Yeah, but I, but I was able to get in there. I almost didn't have the things I wanted, but he's like, oh, just... Buy whatever and sell it on eBay. I'm like, that's why I can't buy what I want. Thanks, Funko guy. Well, we also saw Buzz Aldrin. Yes, but we, yeah, we oh, went. Oh, no and, big deal. Yeah, we went and we We waited. missed the NASA panel, but we met the astronaut that we went to we didn't see. Meet him. Yeah, we saw him. There. Yeah. The Simpsons gag has come true. The NASA guy you know, who offered in exchange. Buzz Aldrin's actually been in space and nobody wants to go to his booth. <laughs> well, no, it was a huge line. It was hard oh, to yeah. get in, yeah. So yeah. we went and waited around the back just to, you know, Get a chance to see him or something or shake yeah. his hand. I yeah. got it, Emily. Thank and you. while we were uh, there, uh, uh, guess Walking Dead was next. Oh, so wow. Kirkman came and stood next to us with Spaceman Spiff. And wow. <laughs> wow, that's really Yeah, great. and uh, his Kirkman turned to Spaceman Spiff and goes, You wanted to meet Buzz Aldrin, didn't you? Because, uh, you know, you modeled your entire career after him. <laughs> Spaceman right. Spiff. You can't beat it. It's, um, it, it really is. Disneyland and the circus and everything, and you can't. It's a pop culture it, circus. It really unless you have a, a unless you have a plan, you map it out beforehand. You really can't see it all in one day, mm-hmm. and uh, so that, so we didn't try. You know, uh, I think the only panel. Well, he went to my panel on Batman, and then he, uh, Pete went to Quick Draw, and going to Quick Draw the Comic Con is sort of like you know if you can only do one thing at Disneyland, you go on Pirates or go on Haunted Mansion or yeah. something like that. 
you really, that really is, for me, the heart of Comic-Con, because it's actually cartoonists drawing something, really funny guys, and mm. just wonderful stuff. I, 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 I'm also disappointed I didn't get to meet Drew Friedman, because I kept going back to the uh, Fanagraphics booth, yeah. and he was signing at times when either I, I had something going, or it was just weird, or I just missed him, or that mm. sort of thing. I wanted to get a copy of his book, uh, signed to Eddie Gordetsky, because yeah. Drew and Eddie used to work together on, on comics, and Eddie said, oh, go up and say hi to Drew and uh, when you see him, and it's like... But you never saw him. I never saw him, so okay. I have to uh, you know, meet him some other time. But his, new, but his book on uh, Heroes of the Comics is really terrific. Wow. Portraits of the, the comic creators. It's really, really great. great. I love Drew Friedman. Yeah. It's great stuff. Like, uh, that was, uh, was a big... Uh, that was a big uh, want for me that I got, and uh, the uh, Crockett Johnson Barnaby books. I got oh, the first volume nice. of that. That's good. That's great. Yeah, yeah. and the and Pogo, the the original oh, reprints of all the Pogo's uh, comic stories when it was a comic book. We went to the zoo. You didn't you didn't accompany us to the zoo, but you should have because we in there's an African section where they have an African rock section like these uh, rocks in the desert. And everything cute in Africa lives in there, like the clips, the clip springer, which is like a which is like a slightly bigger version of the poodoo that yes. you love. Oh. Yes. Uh, mongooses. Yeah, you sent me some really offensive photos from that zoo trip. And baby hyrax. Yeah, that was just the that baby. The rock hyrax is cute. The baby rock hyrax is super cute. No, it it's rides around on top of the bigger hyrax. I went blind for like thirty yeah. seconds. <laughs> We kept we kept sending making movies of baby hyrax and sending them to you. It's just I was infuriated. And the Tasmanian Devil, we saw the new Tasmanian Devil exhibit. Oh wow! He was fast asleep because as they're wont to do in the middle of daytime, and he sleeps very much like these fellows here. Oh, and it's like Like a little piggy sideways, little piggies with their little gum showing and their little fangs, just kind of dreaming of the next thing they're going to kill and eat. And, uh, That's what I dream about too. Yeah, <laughs> we have that in common. Love the devils. The devils are really great. They I had like this whole marsupial wall where they had sculptures of all the carnivorous marsupials. You know, like the qual, the devil, the dunart, and the uh, numbat. You know, all, all on the wall. And mm -hmm. uh, really nice sculptures. I, I, I was hoping I could buy one in the gift shop. Mm -hmm. You know, the the devil is big. You know, wanted to get that one, but unfortunately, they they didn't make. Them Did you hear there's an otter in Seattle that? Jumped on a little boy's head while he was swimming out in the water and just started pounding him about the face, neck, and eyeballs. You you told me about that. That's a mean otter. Thing? Quite amused. No, he didn't think. No, he was just attacking. Wow. They they don't know if it was a boy or a girl because it might she might have been protecting oh, her pups. Okay, he yeah. might have just got too close. I don't know, but it was very. Do otters go rabbit? Uh, I don't know if they can get the hydrophobia. Uh, then they don't go near rivers because it's like fear of water or something, isn't it? Or I don't know what it is. I don't know. Well, yeah. hydrophobia would be fear of water. Yes. But so. I don't know if they can get rabies or... I have no idea. I don't know. I they're, they're a weasel, the so I remember the weasel family, so I imagine. And skunks are going rabbit all the time, so I imagine they're... I don't know, there's something there. That's, that's a weird story. Weird animals attack. Mm -hmm. Didn't see anybody get attacked at, at the zoo. The, the animals were really that's in too good bad. shape. You know? That's a waste The of pandas were, were fun. They just mm -hmm. sat around, big old furry lumps, eating. I took so many pictures of them, and then I realized I was out of film. And the camera just kept clicking and clicking and clicking, so I probably have no pictures of the pandas. I didn't think to take it on my phone like I did with every other creature there, and um, it, was, it was a good time. We walked around the we walked around uh, the zoo, then we ran into uh, Yuri Lowenthal and his wife Tara Platt. And, I didn't see them, but you did. Yeah, and yeah. then we walked around the zoo a second time because we got down the wrong trail. We wanted to see the tigers and. 
we wound up going down this trail and then walking around the, the zoo a complete other time. So by the time we were done with the zoo, I was done for the day. It was just like, oh, take me back and <laughs> throw me to bed. And Pete, you can go off and, I don't know, see more of Comic-Con if you want. No, nah, I didn't <laughs> let him run around on his own because it would have been a nightmare. I bought him a sword. That was, oh. that, was, that was the big dumb thing. I think we still have the sword, don't we? I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, I, I got him a sword. From one of those actual metal sword. Yeah, 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 and and and, and he he, it's like there was a beeline, like swords, weapons. Oh, he's like Rashi. <laughs> yeah. Rashi's been talking to him, I guess, you know, because he got him conditioned to go for 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 weapons and maces and and samurai swords and sword canes and everything. And he saw Excalibur, and it really was like a glow. You can almost see the Lady of the Lake holding it or yeah. you know, pulling the sword from the stone or something. <laughs> I want Excalibur. Oh, please buy me Excalibur. And I said, I'm not buying you a freaking broadsword. <laughs> that thing is going right in my eye. I know it is. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, please, please, I need Excalibur. And I said, no, look, I'll... the guy had this other sword where it was sort of like a snap out yeah. uh, ninja sword, you know, like, you yeah. know, and it was metallic, you know, and I thought, oh, it's, yeah, it's and, and, bucks. and the key word is it was harmless. Harmless. Yeah. So, but I, I could still see that, you know. Causing some damage. So I got that for him. He's saying, can we go back and trade for a scout? No, that's it. And he kept like <laughs> popping it out. And he really loved popping it out to the point where I had to say, stop popping it out. You're not Wolverine. You're not popping your claws. So, but I think he left it here somewhere. So we have to find where it is and ship it off to him. Before Rashi does. Before yeah. Rashi does. Maybe oh, I know exactly where it is. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. Ninja training. Eh? Yeah, well, you know how we do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but that was good. Did you have any uh, great moments of the convention other than meeting the real life batch? Know, we, uh, we were mostly pitching Emily's wares and stuff, so that was nice. Did you so do any Hall H? No, no, we never do the Hall H. I have friends that do the Hall H, and I just think they're freaking insane. I know. Did you know that someone cosplayed as the guy that got stabbed in the head with a pen? That is awesome. Was he walking around with a pen in his eye? Yeah, it would be the easiest cosplay ever. You just spirit gum have a pen to the I, side I of your I was head. wondering why there wasn't more uh, Han Solos with uh, uh, crutches or something. Like there's That's people very that, like, funny. Oh, yeah. They had a broken leg that could have just dressed as Han Solo, and they would have been very fine. Very funny. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, there was a... There was sort of a nasty incident, I guess, after the convention. A girl who was a cosplayer got yeah. No, she did not get accosted. It was found that she tripped and fell while drinking. Oh. Oh, what about the guy they arrested? They That was the guy that picked her up and gave her a ride. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So they cleared him. Well, that's good to hear. I oh, heard okay. uh, Tigress, though, got manhandled. And, who? Uh, the, the one of the cosplayers dressed as Tigress from DC. Uh, just White Tiger? No, Tigress. It was oh. just literally just a bikini and then yellow oh, wow. and striped. Oh, Tigra. She's Tigra. a Marvel character. Oh, Marvel. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah Tigra the Werewoman. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, was, a lot of that kind of stuff happened to her. So which was I'm going to go track our order. It's uh, 10 minutes late. So, uh, Howard the Duck. I didn't see any Howard the Ducks there. No, yeah, they, they kept that pretty good under wraps, I think. They're they're bringing back, Marvel's bringing back the Howard the Duck Omnibus, reprinting yes, a lot of Yes, yes, that's exciting. With this cool Frank Brenner cover. I, I have the essential, so I really would love to get the uh, Omnibus. Yeah. I always thought Brenner was a really terrific artist on on, uh, on Howard, and of course mm. he drew Doctor Strange. And yeah. He's got a great reputation. Has, you know, not, not the biggest catalog of work with them, because he was more of a... He was like one of those special guys who'd come in and, you know, it was like a big deal when he was drawing, you know, oh, yeah. 
a few issues of a book, and I don't, I'm kind of lost track of him recently. I guess he's gotten more into fine art and everything like that. Hmm. But the cover for this looks really nice. And yeah. Gene Cullen, for the first few issues of Howard, you know, when he was that, you know, the pantsless duck who kind of looked like Donald, those look, those issues look really, really nice. Yeah, really did. well, look really good. And um, I saw some pages reprinted recently, and I was just thinking, like, man, that's good stuff. I miss Steve Gerber. Yeah. He was a he was a good friend. I worked with him on a number of occasions in animation. We actually flew back to New York together once to get um, to uh, because it looked like we were going to do the GI Joe uh, cartoon oh, yeah. together back in the eighties, and so we went for like a weekend together and just hung out. And, uh, I did wind up writing an episode or two of GI Joe. He took the job full time, but. Um, I had another opportunity come up. You may so. not be able to answer this, but uh, do you think he would have had a problem with the appearance of Howard the Duck in the movie? Because he did have that long legal battle over it. No, not at all. I mean, that was all cleared up by the time they made the uh, the Lucasfilm movie. Oh, really? It was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I actually, I was working on Lucasfilm at the time, and Steve came up and okay. watched them shoot for a day. Then we had dinner, and he said he was basically happy with the way the movie was going. Because, you That's know, great. it's like the movie got made, He the legalities were... were um, were uh, were um, hammered out, and I remember that movie came out in '86, I think, right the weekend of Comic Con. Oh wow! And then I remember uh, reading the devastating reviews of it. And <laughs> yeah. Going like, poor Steve, man. Uh, and I, I actually, the week before, I had gone to the premiere of Howard the Duck up in Marin County, and I'd taken my sister Jane, mm-hmm. and afterwards she said. All these years I've waited for you to take me to an opening of a movie, and that's what you took me to. <laughs> I said, well, it sounded a lot better yeah, when they, they was in development. And last week we saw Guardians of the Galaxy together. Mm-hmm. We, and I said, stay till the end. There's an end tag scene. And at the end tag scene, she saw Howard the Duck, and she punched me. <laughs> <laughs> Howard the Duck again! And yeah, like, never going to go to a, a screening without Howard. Howard that's the, the Duck. Now. I mean, it's like, Howard the Duck is a great character. He's, he's, he's terrific and he's fun. And it's because he is Gerber's it's, symbol of outrage. Yeah, it's satirical brilliance. I know, and it's it's really terrific stuff. And and unfortunately, they never got that. They had to make Howard sweet for the Lucasfilm movie. He's just yeah. like an un, he's but he's bitter and he's an outcast and he's and and everything and and the whole thing they they kind of after Gerber left the book for a while and he had some legal problems with Marvel, which were later which were later uh, solved, uh, at least to his satisfaction, as I understand. I don't know the full details. But other writers took over Howard, and they tried to ground him more in the Marvel Universe. They, they, they said they created this old Duck World place that he came from. And Steve always maintained yeah. he's not from any place called Duck World. He's from a dimension where everybody's a cartoon animal. Yeah. And to me, that's fascinating because he really is like any sort of random resident of Duckburg who is not... Scrooge or Donald or one of his relatives. He's yeah, just a workaday he's grunt. A Toontown character. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's... And just swept out of that world and into and into ours. And and on his world he is absolutely faceless and, and there there's nothing interesting about him at all. On our world he becomes interesting because mm-hmm. he is he is a cartoon walking around in the everyday world. Yeah. And I always I always love that that um quality to him. And when I saw that they couldn't really make, for whatever reason, I think budgetary or whatever, they couldn't make him actually animated in the movie they yeah. made. And it should have been like Song of the South, where, you know, yeah, the, or, at least or the intro Mary Poppins or something like that, and then bring him live action into our world. Or yeah, something. or something. You know, it just sort of, 
and, and what was ironic was around the same time they were making Howard the Duck, they, the animation was coming in over at ILM for uh, Roger Rabbit. And oh, wow. um, Howard the Duck was oh, 86 man. and so, or 87, and then Roger Rabbit was just starting up. And when you see Roger in downtown LA with Eddie Valiant, that's yeah. that's what Howard the Duck should have been, but yeah. you know it really needed that satirical edge where you're going to make fun of, of modern society and you're really going to expose it for how stupid and how 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 um, mindless it is. And so, um, but they couldn't do that, and you know the whole thing character's got to be kind of likable and yeah. you know everything like that. It became way too real and, and sci-fi, and uh, I haven't actually watched the movie since then. Um, yeah, I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I remember it being hard to watch. I remember the care everybody was kind of playing it over the top. Yeah. And and you kind of have to let the cartoon character be the most interesting. Well, the, the most successful point. comedy is always when the characters believe the situation they're in. They're not playing over the top. They yeah. believe it 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. It was sort of a it was sort of a um a muff on everybody's part. Although there is one interesting scene, and this brings it all the way around back to our little stuff friend in the corner. There is a scene where Howard is at the Academy of Sciences, and you see Monarch the Bear in the background. They're actually oh. putting him on exhibit. So, interesting. Yeah, Monarch's final performance for a large audience was in Howard the Duck. <laughs> Always a showman, that Monarch. Yeah. 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 So you got all your uh, uh, Batman records, I heard. That's, yeah, I did. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I was only able to get the Mr. Freeze and the Clayface, but I gotta say, I'm very impressed with the quality of yeah. those. Yeah. Like, not only the artwork is great, but the records themselves yeah. Yeah. are beautiful. The Clayface has, like, oh. stains of clay on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it appears we have Mexican food. Yum. So I think uh, we should uh, bring it into this wonderful podcast and go have fiesta. Have Sounds day. good. Little birthday fiesta. Are we all uh, are we all done recording? Because I think it's now it's fiesta time. Yes, fiesta, fiesta! Come eat some nachos. All right, I'm with you, Rashi. So uh, I'm saying goodbye. This is Paul saying goodbye. This is Misty saying goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. This has been another episode of Radio Rashi. If you've enjoyed this episode, let everyone know by leaving a review in the iTunes store. It's a great way to help others find us. You can also leave comments on RadioRashi.com, Facebook.com forward slash Radio Rashi, or follow us on Twitter at Radio Rashi or at Paul underscore Dini to leave us questions. Thanks for listening, and tell your friends. Radio Rashi.